And now for something completely different. A radio show about books. Didn't think it through at all. Inconceivable! <laughs> yes, the show's serious. That's totally a thing. Thank you. Tarzan of the Apes. Brought to you from out the pages of Edgar Rice Burroughs' immortal book. Oh, wow. In the beginning, the universe was created. This has made a lot of people very angry and been widely regarded as a bad move. And now for your host, Daniel Thompson, a completely underqualified buffoon who has no idea why he's here in the first place. And all were amazed and said, this guy is really good. Do you do children's parties? Hello, and welcome again to the Very Serious Writing Show, where we tell you how to take processed tree flesh and use it to make introverts feel as if they're interacting with the world around them. I'm your host, Daniel Thompson. Today, we are talking about the least interesting aspect of writing, dragons. I'm sorry, but eventually we had to get around to talk about this subject. I know it's difficult. This episode could be considered emotionally damaging to anyone who lost family or friends to the flying lizard beasts, or to anyone who voted for or knew someone who voted for Ted Cruz. But I repeat myself. If you write fantasy, you're probably one of those wretches who puts dragons in their story because you're simply just not over how cool you think they are. Good for you. You might be a smog person, or dig the Aragon dragon, or maybe you're one of those people who likes the elemental power-based dragons. I know freaks like you, no shame. To talk about it today, Hope Schmidt, lovely human being. She is qualified to talk about this subject because one, she is a human being. Two, she possesses a mouth and the capacity for speech in the English variety. And three, she writes novels. And now, without further ado, Silly Songs with Larry. P.S. Anna Kendrick might play Squirrel Girl. Best news I've had all week. You're here because we want the best, and you're it. Nope, couldn't keep a straight face. I am no man. Hey everybody, and welcome again to the Very Serious Writing Show. And today, I have in my very good friend, longtime listener, friend, I can't say the word friend today. What's up with that? Hope Schmidt. Hope, is that, is that your real name, Hope? Yes. Nice. Yes, Hope Schmidt. Nice. Are are you like? Do you have family roots in like Europe or Germany or? Um, German. My great grandfather was German. Cool. That that's so. that's that's a cool backstory. How old are you, Hope? Twenty-one. Twenty-one. You are older than I am. Okay. Sorry. In your picture, you look significantly younger. <laughs> I get that a lot. You get that a lot. Yep. Okay. Well, I feel yes. Someone called me thirty the other day, and that hurt my soul. So that wasn't good. To be to be fair, I was wearing like a vest and my hat, and I kind of looked like an Irish immigrant. So I don't know. There is a phone ringing. What's up, dude? What? 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 what, what? The very serious writing show, the most professional of all the writing shows. How many books you've written, Hope? Um, I've written. Oh, I have to think. I've written. A couple books. I've only published one novella so far. Okay. 
and I've written about two others that will be published probably. Book-wise, I've probably written three, four books that are in various stages of progress. Okay. Absolutely, yeah. Well, you said before before we started the interview that you were uh, you you were trying to get to a place where you weren't juggling five or six projects. You wanted to wean it down to like two or three. Yep. Which makes people like me who have very one-track minds jealous. So, yes, any strudel. How long have you been writing? Um, it's. I started. I think I started writing when I was eight. But I didn't write very often. I wrote on and off. It was pretty awful, the stuff I wrote. Yeah. When I was 15, I wrote my first short story with my brother. Well, I called it a book. It wasn't a book. But about crabs and salamanders and all these different things fighting shadow snakes in a creek. Um, (laughs) Shadow snakes is what I'm talking about. And then from there, I went on to fantasy mainly. I've written... A novel or two that are pretty much worthless. I might rewrite them someday. And then <laughs> I, <laughs> I have another. I, I have another either. one though that's. It's. I want to get it published this year, next year. Okay. It's coming along really well. Nice. And you, you write primarily. You said fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, you've been a long-time listener to the show. We've had we've had several listeners of the show come on recently. It's been really fun. I'm glad you're here today, Hope. Because today I love this show. Oh, thank you. I love the show too. So today we got a comment from Bree, who was on like just a couple episodes ago, complaining about the lack of diversity in dragons. So she's like, she suggests there should be tiny dragons and hypnotizing dragons and crazy old ladies who turn themselves into dragons and dragons who are intelligent and other bloody bloody blah. And normally I don't give in to complaints, but like today, since you're a fantasy author, and since I kind of like Brie, I'm gonna I'm gonna give her the benefit of the doubt for her heinous complaints. Um, I thought today we would go through and develop some dragons together, just okay. come up with different ideas for dragons, and they don't have to be good ideas, but they have to be ideas about dragons. Let's get more diverse with our dragons. I think this is a an excellent idea, and. I'm glad that you're the one here helping me do this today. So, yes. Have you ever written a dragon in your fantasy? I have. I have one. Yeah, I have two dragons in a book that is currently on hold for an indefinite amount of time. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's the phrase I use when describing all of my books at this point. Oh, gosh. So what types of dragons were they? Um, as for looks, they look fairly similar to your normal type dragons. One's bluish, one's greenish. One thing I did interesting is they don't eat meat. Mm. They actually eat reeds that grow in the lake, kind of like, uh, bamboo. It's Vegetarian consistency. dragons. Yep. Herbivoric. So. I, guess, I guess if a thumbing in nature just eats plants, it's a herbivore. But if, like, a human does it, they're vegetarian. But I like the phrase vegetarian dragons. We're going to go with that. We're going to go with that. The weirdest dragon in the story that I've seen thus far would probably be Brian Davis, uh, his Dragons in Our Myth series. Because, like, King Arthur legends shape-shifting into dragons and living in the world of humans is just a little bit whack. Just a little bit whack to me. But, like, you have the stereotypical flame-breathing, maybe-talking 
approximately 50 foot long dragon. And that's kind of that's kind of been the stereotype that we see in in most films and TV shows. The Hobbit up the dragon size mm. and gave it Benedict Cumberbatch. So I mean, there's that. Um, Benedict Cumberbatch dragons are good, <laughs> I guess. What did you think of the Hobbit, by the way? I liked it. Okay. I liked I liked most of I liked most of what they did with it. The behind the scenes are really cool. Like I love their yeah. vision. I just feel like. They got rushed in production a little bit, which is sad. Because I look forward to that film for like all my life. After I'd seen Lord of the Rings, I was like, "This must come. It will come. It will come." And then it came, and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> well, here it is." Okay, so like dragon, intelligent dragons are an in- are an interesting idea. Dragons who are as, at least as intelligent as humans. It'd be cool mm-hmm. to have some dragons that were like hyper intelligent. To, to bring the dream the the dragon level up to like you know we talked Benedict Cumberbatch like Sherlock Holmes level intelligence dragons detective dragons detective dragons dragons who spend their time solving the problems of the universe like or you can have like uh, dragons that deal in medicine they're healers and have they don't really have cool. claws yes I don't know more hand type I don't. <laughs> You just have a normal dragon, except at the end of their paws, where they're just like human hands. <laughs> that would be no, so that weird. Would be too weird. <laughs> that is so weird. But if they're dealing in medicine, I mean, pharmacist dragons um, are a good idea. Okay, so we have our hyper-intelligent dragon. We have the detective dragons. You have the dragons who solve world problems, like maybe world hunger. How would a dragon solve world hunger? You can go catch the wild animals up in the mountains. <laughs> My my idea for for solving world hunger was to like have you seen Bunny Island? Mm-mm. It's like an island off the coast of Japan. There's no predators there. Bunnies got introduced into the society and now they've overrun and there's just bunnies everywhere. Like if we could do that in like a larger place like maybe Madagascar, and then we could we could ship off bunnies to the rest of the world. Then because they breed like rabbits, like that should be a good food supply. You would think. You would, you would think. I don't know, but that's just my idea for world hunger. Anyway, so you have dragons who are deep into the, the great... And that they'd make good strategists. They'd, they'd make good strategy dragons. So maybe maybe in a, in a fantasy world you could have a dragon that, instead of being, like, heavy artillery or something, you know, it's a part of the battle. The dragons are at the back, like, strategizing <laughs> and planning things and rubbing their hands together like <laughs> evil geniuses. Before the show, I was trying to think of dragon types, and the only dragon type that came to my mind was a culinary dragon. A dragon who, <laughs> who makes food. So they breathe fire? Yeah, they breathe fire, so you... That's... I mean, it'd be uber convenient. They can deal with hot things without having to put on, like, gloves. Yeah. Like, like, and they wouldn't have to use potholders or anything, and I just think that, uh, you know, they'd be able to get all their, the, all their meat fresh, and... I um, I just think culinary dragons would be a good thing. And now I just all I can see is like a retelling of Ratatouille with with dragons. <laughs> it's pretty whack. Take that World of Warcraft. <laughs> or you can have um, musical dragons, where they're small. Think of like birds singing, except for their little dragons that fly around. That's a singing. good idea. What type of sound would they make? Would they make like chirping sounds, or would they make some other type of sound? I don't know, it would depend. It could do more of a humming, like a sharp, deep, 
sharper cry. You could have different ones. Sharper cries, you could have lower. Yeah, what if they sounds. had like a, a lower bass tone? Like deep humming. The, li the really little ones had the really low notes. Yes, <laughs> the little they are, the lower the sound. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can have a, a chorus of them. That would be great. And your characters could wake up in the morning to the deep humming of tiny dragons outside their windowsill. Humming dragons. Mm-hmm. And hummingbirds. Yeah. But humming dragons. That's they drink adorable. sugar water. They drink sugar water. <laughs> they come up, they hover around the flowers and make deep guttural humming noises. <laughs> That's beautiful. I love it. I love it. And, and the dragons that aren't intelligent... In stories, they, they they tend to be ridden a lot. They tend to be like glorified ponies that breathe fire and fly. So, I mean, very glorified ponies. But they're kind of treated that way. Or as monsters to kill or whatever. But, like, they, I think... Well, they could... Sorry. Go, um, go they ahead. could also be used like any other animal pulling carts. Pulling... You don't ever see them really pulling carts or doing the work it's a true. horse might do. Plowing, plowing field. fields. Yeah! It's a great idea. A field plowing drive. What other... What other home... What other home application do dragons have? They could, they could uh, do blacksmithing. Possibly. Possibly. The that could be. I'm not sure. I'm thinking of that dragons as like... Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking, I'm thinking of like dragons as, as like a pony substitute, as like a horse substitute. They, they can pull carts or carriages. That'd be really cool. Um, they Because they can breathe fire, I mean, it'd just be cool to have a dragon that his only job is to sit in your living room, then turn on your fireplace for you. That'd be pretty, that'd be pretty legit. I can see rich people doing that. Instead of carrying around matches, they carry around a little dragon. Yeah. <laughs> just have them stuck in their pocket, pull out a dragon, just be like, squeeze it, fire comes out. I mean, I can see, I can see this working on, on a lot of different levels. But dragons as a society have been kind of developed before. I think there's people who've had like races of dragons and mm -hmm. they develop them in intelligent society, but I feel like they're less developed as a biological species. I think there's room to grow there. Like let's mm -hmm. get let's get deep into their biology, their lifespan, uh, reproductive habits. Let's just go all out and and really develop dragons as an actual animal. Because there's lots of study in terms of animals. Mm -hmm. My biology class was very deep and developed, and like it was just all there. So like I don't know. I just feel like they're underdeveloped in terms of their actual like biology and their needs and behaviors as creatures. Yeah, one thing is, are they warm-blooded or cold-blooded, or do you have both? Yeah, I don't know what the answer to that. Um, cold-blooded or hot-blooded, warm-blooded dragons, and it, it would depend where they could go. Like the cold-blooded ones, you wouldn't want on mountaintops or where it's really cold. They don't move very fast. Yeah, all all snow dragons will have to be warm-blooded creatures. And they're yeah. probably going to also have to be fuzzy. I feel like fuzzy dragons are, are necessary. Like polar bears, but dragons. Yep. Or maybe they just have blubber, like walruses. Yeah. And I thought it might be fun to have some dragons with, like, manes. Almost like a horse or a lion. 
So yeah. you have a little bit of hair mixed in. Mm-hmm. Some hair mixed in with the scales. But. I'm just imagining this really poofy dragon at the moment, and it's making me devilishly happy. But also, like, a walrus, like, dragon crossover is making, is kind of terrifying, but at the same time, kind of cool. With huge tusks. Yeah! I mean, you gotta redesign the head of the dragon at some point, because we have the traditional look of a dragon, but... I think I think it's I think it's high time to start redesign. There's one back when I was into Legos, okay? Like they had this Viking series. Wow, I'm really sh showing my nerdiness here. <laughs> they had this Viking series and they had uh, the Vikings always fought dragons in this in this these Legos. They had one it was really it was kind of a rounded head shaped dragon almost like a almost like a macaw. Mm -hmm. And it's and it's a uh, mouth was a little bit more beak shaped. It was really cool. It was a really cool design for dragons. So yeah, a walrus tusk dragon. That'd be legit. Yeah, one thing which would be interesting culturally wise with dragons is if not all dragons breathe fire. You have to reach a certain stage or only the higher society ones can breathe fire. Yeah, you could easily make that a societal thing or an age-based thing or genetic-based thing. I mean, there's lots of fun stuff you can go and, and do with the fire. The little dragon who couldn't breathe fire. <laughs> Poor little dragon. And then that, that's the point where he realized he could swim and became a swimming underwater aquatic sort of dragon. Became the Loch Ness Monster. Became the legit Loch Ness Monster. You see where they found the Loch Ness the other day? Except no. it was the prop from an old Sherlock Holmes movie. <gasps> no. There had been like a Sherlock Holmes movie where they, I guess they went looking for the Loch Ness Monster, so they had a prop, and it sank during production, and they found it. <laughs> no. It made for a great headline. Well, speaking of water, some dragons fly, but they wouldn't all have to fly. Some could swim. Some could not even have wings. It could just yeah, be... Yeah, wingless, swimmy dragons. Yeah, more like a... Well, I don't know. More like a snake, but be, it would have legs, and possibly hair... Mm -hmm. Or the scales function more like uh, like fish scales, and you know when we talk about dragons being uh, based off dinosaurs in myth, mm -hmm. they they talk about that potentially being the source of of the dragon myth is, is dinosaurs. You can go back and look at like early fossils of dinosaurs and different scientist sketches, and really get some cool ideas. Uh huh. Like like the Jurassic Park dinosaur that has like the side. Like the, the the head flap that goes like out like that, like that dinosaur. Why don't we have those in dragons? I don't know. That could that be cool, it... especially if they're really big. Yeah, yeah, that'd be that'd be legit. I could see that in in dragons. But I mean, we we we've touched on some cool things, but I think let's get let's get more creative what else can we do we got the fire element we could make elemental dragons some that bring breathe water ice or breathe air ice ice breathe dragons. air <laughs> they breathe air what a novel concept <laughs> yeah because have you seen how to train your dragon i have yeah because they have all kinds they have a number of different dragons in there i think they're the ice ones in the second how to train your dragon that's right yeah 
those those were pretty cool. Those were pretty legit. But no, now I'm imagining just a dragon coming up and going. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> there could be some that just breathe steam. They don't actually breathe fire, but most people are, think they breathe fire because it's like a defense mechanism. They're actually really nice, but they don't they have to protect themselves. That's a great idea. And I think we need the the, the dragon equivalent of a stink bug. So, <gasps> something that, like, is just is an odor situation. And that's how they defend themselves. With heinous odors. More like the bombardier beetle. Where it's almost more like a... It's not really fire so much as a small explosion sort of thing. There's a bug that does that? There's a bug that explodes? It doesn't explode. It doesn't explode? No, but it's the chemicals, the bombardier beetle. It does, it has a little, it scares off bigger insects. Mixes chemicals, and I don't know all the technical aspect of it. You got me really excited there. You got to deliver now. I can't just go consult the Google. I've got my mic sitting on top of my keyboard, so it's no good. Okay. These, these are some good ideas for dragons, I think. I think we're getting somewhere. You got the, dra the dragons who live in the ice, right? The snow dragons. Uh, you got the water dragons and various... Surely sure, surely someone's done that before. Surely we've had those before. And the dragons that live in trees. They're like Tree really dragons. skinny and they like wrap themselves around the trunks at night. That's cool. That's a great idea. And they can eat tree sap. And little and bugs. Delicious to and little bugs. That's a fabulous idea. And then, of course, you have like bush dragons and like dragons that live in like hedges <laughs> and other similarly manicured shrubbery, shrubbery dragons. Garden dragons. Garden dragons. They come and eat your fruit at night. <laughs> so in this kingdom, like normally people are pestered by these horrible dragons. In stories, they're pestered by the dragons, and it's a real problem. But in this story, they just, like, come and eat the rutabagas at night. <laughs> well, they burrow inside, like, the watermelon, and then you cut it open, there's a little dragon in there. They lay their <laughs> eggs inside. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> oh, gosh, I can dig it. I can dig that. That's that's a beautiful idea. And, uh, like, if we had, say, a steampunk world, dragons could be a real problem. They could be, like... They can eat through your wires and your mechanical things. And, like, they can be... There can be sewage system dragons. Those would be... They'd be a sad group of dragons. But they could live in the sewers. And do sewage things. And that's why you don't go into the sewage. Because there's sewer dragons. And also it stinks. All good reasons not to go into sewage. Anyway. Yes. And they're attracted to fire. They're so attracted you can't to bring fire. lights. Because they're yeah. attracted to lights. They're attracted to light? That's a guy like moths. And these little anchor ankle body dragons. Just I like the idea of the tiny little dragons. I really do. Like at that point it's just cute or obnoxious. Like these these are things that dragons are normally not given the time of day for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a Pinterest board of fantasy animals, and I have lots of dragons. There's one I have a dragon. It's about a couple inches big on somebody's hand. I mean, it's a picture made, obviously made up. But um, it's really cute. 
So the tiny little dragon with steam coming out of its nose. That's that's adorable. That's really adorable. Now you I think I think you said before we started this interview that you technically prefer griffins. Is that true? I like griffins. I actually like I don't know exactly what they're called, but griffins usually have the heads of a hawk or a bird, some sort of bird. But I've seen pictures where it's more the more uh, cat like. They have mm-hmm. a cat head. And I really like those. They look really cool. Yeah, no, griffins are awesome. They are they are really legit. I love the ones in the, the Chronicles of Narnia series. Mm-hmm. Which they, they they had cat heads, but they just had beaks. Yeah. Had kind of the beak thing going on. So kind of a happy medium there. And, and dragons could learn a lot from griffins. Dragons are uh, griffins are a nice, cool animal hybrid, and dragons are just you know scaly lizard things. Which it could be interesting if we crossed a dragon with something else, or made a dragon by crossing two other species. Like, say you crossed... Like, someone went in, some bad sorcerer dude with a pointy hat went in and took bats. Bat wings. And, yeah, have the bat wings and bat ears. I'm really big on the ears. And the sonic, the noise they emit to figure out where everything is. Yeah, the echolocation. You could do that element, and what would be the, uh... And let's just say, because sorcerers do this all the time, a frog. So, like, you have this bat-frog hybrid, and it hops and has echolocation, flaps around like a bat, and it's just really obnoxious. Gets in your garden. It gets in your garden, and eats your rutabagas, and your watermelons. (laughs) This is all just bloody perfect. I love it. I love it. Okay. Yeah. We've almost exhausted this, but I know there's got to be another type of dragon out there. Mm-hmm. You have the wise future-telling dragons. Like, have you seen any of BBC Merlin? Uh, well, I saw the very last two episodes. Wow. Just skip to the end, why don't you? Wow. Well, I just started it because... I've seen lots after- of pictures, but I haven't actually that- seen the show. I've just started watching it because I needed a new fandom. Doctor Who is not releasing a new ep- uh, new season until next year. Oh, Neither is Sherlock. Sad. It is so sad. And, like, my brother's not into the other things that I watch. So when we watch something together, me and my bro, it's normally Doctor Who, but now we're doing, we're doing Merlin. And that dragon in that show... He just comes, he just randomly shows up and says vague things and then leaves and laughs. And it has the voice of John Hurt. So, I mean, there's that too. And I think more dragons should be voiced by John Hurt. Because he's just a good good voice for a dragon. You have the old wise dragon. You could also have, like, if it's at a palace, have a dragon that's a jester. That's a great idea. Just really stupid dragons. Why are dragons so always so wise and revered? Let's have some idiot dragons. This is a fantastic idea. The dragon could be the comedy relief. Mm-hmm. Like it juggle, because be... it would have it would have four. They aren't really hands, claws. It could use its tail to help juggle. Make a juggle sheep. Little sheeps. Let's well, how big it was. I think it, yeah, yeah, depending on the size of the dragon. And if 
if they can't juggle full sheeps, they can they can juggle you know sheeplets. Lambs. No sheeplets. <laughs> we're not we're not calling them lambs. Sheeplet is such such a better word. We're going to go with sheeplets, please. You must understand sheeplets. Okay. It's a good idea. The English language is malleable. We can change it. I'll make Nothing. up words. I'll be like, I'm going to use the word nextly. I don't want to say nextly. nextly. And now it's like, it's a thing for our generation to, to turn nouns into verbs. Like, I yelled, I yelled at my mom so that the little kids would be quiet. I didn't yell at her. I spoke, I spoke slightly loudly from across the room. By the way, I'm going to go podcast right now. Podcast is a noun. It's not a verb. I guess it could be, but like... Yeah. I, I don't understand our speech patterns. And that's another good idea. When we, get, when we get dragons in, let's make them legitimately diverse. Let's make them come from different parts of the world and pick up bits of their cultures. So the ones that speak, they should have accents. Yeah. That are distinguishable. Like, let's say we, we have... Let's say we have an early Native American steampunk. Like... Wow, I'm already in love with this idea. <laughs> Early Native American steampunk, right as right as settlers are coming, right, and like you have you have the French, the French people show up in in Louisiana, and then you can have bayou dragons, yep. and they can be like an offshoot of the crocodile. That's that's problem in Louisiana. Except they can fly. Except they can fly, which is a bigger problem. <laughs> They can go over the marshes and stuff. You know, that's that's something that we never get. We don't ever get any fantasy set in America. I know. I just think like, about that the other day. I'm like, there's all everything, but there's nothing really. It's all Saxon or German type. Which I'm. I mean, they have great hats. Don't get me wrong, but like native some Native American fantasy would be legit. Some Native American steampunk. That that could be that, there could be some really cool elements there, yeah. Dang, this is a really good idea. <laughs> now I'm obsessing over this Native American fantasy idea, and not not so much the Native American myths because they have a lot of myths and they, yeah. there's a lot of supernatural elements there. But to get a little bit more creative, that'd be good. Mexican dragons, that's a good idea. Spanish-speaking dragons, like I tell you, desert. Yeah. I tell you, one of my favorite fantasy things in, in a, a long time has been in Pan's Labyrinth, uh, which I saw just recently, and it they had they had this everyone speaks Spanish in this film, but like you have a fawn, and he's like a maniacal fawn, and he's speaking Spanish, and it's the coolest thing. It really is. It is so cool. It is so cool. Okay, I have all these ideas that we've come up with today, which which would you be most likely to use in one of your fantasy story? I'm not going to hold you to it, but like if you were going to choose one, what would you do? Well, sometime I do want to have the little dragons that sing. Mm -hmm. I want to do that sometime. Um, it's, that's an adorable idea. Yeah, that's that's the big one, because I haven't done too many I haven't done any talking dragons yet. Sometime, maybe. That's but. a good idea. So you write fantasy, you write a little bit of, do you say you did uh, some sci-fi too? Kind of. It's futuristic, like 200 years in the future when America is under control of... <laughs> and uh, under, the, under the control of what? 
the reason our government it's basically atheistic type of government dictatorship you know nice. it, i actually had the idea it's going to be a trilogy and it deals with uh mind experiments that the main mm. character in the first book they've replaced her memories so when she wakes up she thinks she's someone else and nice. just to figure out who she is and then there's the rebellion of course and all that stuff and part of the idea came after reading hunger games because i liked hunger games it got depressing um but it's all no god i'm like what if you had a book where there's rebellion there's all these dystopian or rebellion type stories but what if there's a christian version yeah it's been really it's been really fun figuring out how would they eat in the future what sort of clothes they wear what what sort of things how would they travel what did you come up with for clothes because i feel like everyone in the future wears like one piece jumpsuits (laughs) i feel like that happens in sci-fi like um clothes I haven't actually done that much with clothes. They have glitter, some glitter. I've done more. They have um, metallic-type tattoos, some of them. Okay. That's but cool. not the main character. But, uh... Sad day for the main character. No tats. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, that's like, really cool. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Well, some things like food, they have containers. I think they might actually have them nowadays, but you can just push a button and the whole container will heat up the food. And then you can just cool. eat out of it. That's a good idea. I think That's there practical. are camping stuff like that. I'm pretty sure there's some camping stuff like that nowadays you can do with. But I would have to give you some of that. That would be that'd be wonderful. And you also blog a little bit, yes? Yep. Yeah. That's fine. I like blogging. You enjoy- you enjoy it? Is it fun? I like it. I, w- I wouldn't know anything about blogging. I've had a blog for five months and I posted three things. And one of them was just a picture of Don Cheadle. So <laughs> I don't, I, I'm not qualified to talk about blogging. How should I fix my blog, Hope? Help me fix my blog. What do I do? Post on it. Oh. No, that's not an option, you see. Just <laughs> like that's... once every two weeks. Once every two weeks? Yeah, I might be able to pull that off. Come up with something snarky to say every two weeks. Okay. Where is your blog? If people want to go read your blog, is it a good blog for reading? Should people yeah. go to see it? Where Where do they go? Um, AuthorHopeAnn.com AuthorHopeAnn.com Yep. Nice. And how do you spell Ann? A-N-N Just the oh, simple. Okay. okay. Anne Green Gables would, would dislike that to yeah. an immense extent. Well, it's my what? middle name, so. Oh, okay. Nice. But yeah, no, it's, thank you for so, so much for coming on the show. This was fun. I feel like, I feel inspired to actually write dragons now. I've never wanted to write dragons, but like now, now I kind of want to. This is very good. Thank you for helping me today, Hope. Yeah, this, this has been fun. Thanks for having me on. And now we have gone and enabled all of you freaks who want to put dragons in your stories. Yippee doodah. Um, I'm going to give one disclaimer. If you are going to write dragons in your stories, at least make your stories not fantasy, perhaps. Like, understandably, I suppose, but like history, historical fiction, there's not enough dragons in there. There's hardly any at all, to be to be perfectly honest. And sci-fi could do with a few more. Horror, I've read maybe one 
horror story that had a dragon in it, but frankly, I haven't read that many horror stories. It's Peretti, The Oath. Spoilers. The book's been out since, what, the 1990s, so not much of a spoiler. But yeah, dragon. Pretty cool. Um, and honestly, I if, if someone were to go write me a love story between two dragons, I would read it. I would read the heck out of that. Frankly, I think that sounds really good. You mix up, you know, the dragons... Dra there's there's all sorts of things you could do with dating rituals and dragons that would be really entertaining. And, oh gosh, now I want this. Okay, someone go do this for me, please. That can be, like, my reward for making a very serious writing show. You go write me a romance dragon story. Yes. Next week, there will be another episode of the show, because we're dependable like that. You have a happy Monday, and to all you slackers who are not listening on a Monday... You have a happy whatever the heck the day is to you, too. I'm out of here. Toodle pip.